The following message was recorded at Shades Valley Community Church in Homewood, Alabama. For more information and resources from Shades Valley, please visit us at shadesvalley.org. Good morning, Shades. Our scripture reading for this morning is Psalm 136, but I would like to direct your attention not to your Bibles, but to the screen. We're going to do something a little different this morning. We're going to do a read in response with the scripture reading. So I'm going to read the line that says reader, and then we're going to say together for his steadfast love endures forever. And we're going to say that again and again and again and again and again. And so I would encourage you uh, to try to stay present as we go through this reading and and not to, to check out. So let's read the word of the Lord together. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and outstretched arm, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his steadfast love endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his steadfast love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his steadfast love endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his steadfast love endures forever. A heritage to Israel, his servant, for his steadfast love endures forever. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state, for his steadfast love endures forever, and rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I do invite you, if you haven't already, to open your Bibles to Psalm 
136, Psalm 136. While I was on vacation, I actually did something that I haven't done in a really, really long time. I read some mindless fiction. I read Jurassic Park. Um, I, I think I did that kind of because I missed y'all and I knew that there was an event and y'all were watching Jurassic Park together. Brad referenced it in his sermon last week. It really sounds like Shades is obsessed with this 1993 flick for some reason right now. I promise it's just a weird coincidence. But if you've read that book or if you've seen the movie, then you might remember when the characters first arrive at the visitor center in Jurassic Park, there's this huge banner flying in, in the middle of the lobby, and it says, when dinosaurs ruled the earth. The implication being, they don't anymore. Like, they've been extinct for a really long time, and even though, you know, these creators, they brought them back, we, now we have them in cages and everything's under control. My favorite character in both the book and the film is the mathematician and chaos theorist, Dr. N. Malcolm played by the one and only Jeff Goldblum. Uh, His character pretty much just exists to point out the irony of that banner. Like, he plays the part of a preacher. Nobody likes him. Um, And what I mean, that, that was supposed to be a joke. He plays the part of a preacher, but what I mean is he is constantly calling all of the characters, don't be deceived by what you see on the surface here. It looks like you've got these things in cages and you've got this thing called creation under control. But he is constantly trying to point out actual reality. By the end of the movie, it becomes painfully obvious as the T-Rex roars and that banner falls to the ground. It's pretty obvious who's actually ruling and reigning. This morning, I want to play the part of in Malcolm for us. Because Psalm 136 flies a banner over the lives of the people of God. A banner that I fear we treat like the one in the lobby of Jurassic Park. What does the banner say? We said it 26 times. His steadfast love endures forever. That's the constant refrain of this psalm that it sings over the past, the present, and the future of God's people. Shades, this is the banner that this psalm flies over your life. Do you believe it's true? Or do you feel that it's like that Jurassic Park banner when dinosaurs ruled the earth? It's a relic of the past. Not something that can be considered true any longer. Just look around. Look at the state of our world. Look at the state of my life. Does any of that make you feel like this statement is true? His steadfast love endures forever. Shades. Let me play the part of in Malcolm this morning. Let me plead with you. Don't be deceived by what you see on the surface. Let me try to point out the irony that the banner of Psalm 136 is reality. God's steadfast love does indeed endure forever. See that with me. See it, beginning in verse 1. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His steadfast love endures forever. The psalmist is calling the people of God, he's calling us to action. What's the action? Pretty simple. Give thanks. A more literal translation of the Hebrew would be publicly acknowledge. In front of the congregation, in front of your brothers and sisters, publicly testify, publicly praise, publicly give thanks to God. For what? Verse 1 tells us, for he is good. 
all of his actions are aimed at the ultimate good of his people. How can we know that's true, especially when it feels like it's not? Verse 1 tells us how. For his steadfast love endures forever. His steadfast love, hesed, is the Hebrew word. If you want to say it right, you've got to get the phlegm going. Hesed. It's God's covenant love that he has promised to his people. That's why it's called steadfast. We could call it faithful, unwavering. And it's called enduring, or we could say never-ending, or forever. And the hesed, the love of God, the covenant love of God, it can be called all of those things steadfast, faithful, unwavering, enduring, never-ending, forever. It can be called all those things, for verse 2 tells us it's coming from the God of gods. The one who's supreme over every other spiritual being, real or made up. Verse 3 tells us it's coming from the Lord of Lords, the one who's supreme over every earthly king or ruler or Lord. Just in case we don't quite yet get the point, if you look down to the last verse of the whole thing, verse 26 concludes by telling us this love comes from the God of heaven, the one who is supreme over all of creation. Shades, do you see the psalmist's logic for why he is calling you, no matter what situation you are in, Do you see his logic for why he's calling you to give thanks? You can see it if we just reverse what what he's said so far. He said, give thanks for God is good, for his steadfast love endures forever because he's supreme over all. Just reverse it and you see his logic. The supreme God over everything with supreme power. In that power, he has promised you his steadfast love. Unwavering. He works it all for your good. So give thanks. Testify to that reality. Publicly sing it over one another like you're waving this banner over each other's lives. His steadfast love endures forever. And at this point you might be thinking, Jonathan, all of that sounds good and I wish that it were true. But when I look around the world, or when I look at my world, that's not the banner that I see flying over my life. Right now, I see the banner of COVID. Steadfast COVID seems to endure forever. And it fills me with anxiety, anger, depression. It's mine. fuels division in our culture and in our churches. So, Jonathan, when I look around the world, I see a banner. It's not. It says anything but his steadfast love endures forever. I see banners that feel like it's declared God's steadfast love has come to an end. I see banners of racial strife, political division, social media outrage, shades, When you look at the world and when you look at your life, what banner do you see flying over it all? And does that banner make it hard for you to believe the banner of Psalm 136? We don't know exactly who the original audience of this psalm was, but I'm willing to bet they had a hard time believing this banner too. I know we're meant to feel that at least, that tension, because Psalm 136 is in book five 
of the Psalter. If you've been with us throughout our study of the Psalms, you may remember that there's a thematic flow to the books of the Psalms, the five books of the Psalms. They're arranged thematically to follow the flow of Israel's history. From the time of David and his kingship, through the division of that kingdom to its ultimate downfall and the people's time in exile, and thematically, book five takes place once the people have returned from exile in Babylon. And that might tempt us to think, all right, Psalm 136, this is a celebration of that salvation. People returned from exile, so they're singing about the steadfast love of the Lord. And while that may be partially correct, it misses the tension that the returned exiles would have been feeling. When, when the people of God return from captivity in Babylon, nothing about their return lived up to their expectations. God had promised them a glorious rescue. They get back and they are so few in number. All their building projects, whether it's the wall around Jerusalem or whether it's the rebuilding of the temple, all their building projects take forever. They start and stop in fits. Are posed at every turn, and none of them recapture the glory of the former kingdom. At its worst, it had to feel to them like God's promises had failed. At its best, maybe they felt like they were just still waiting for them all to be fulfilled. So the psalmist calls those people to publicly give thanks to God for his steadfast love endures forever. You feel the tension? You, you, you can see why they might have felt like that's not exactly the banner that was flying over their lives. You can see why they might have felt the same way as me or as you. The banner of Psalm 136, it's just hard to believe sometimes that it's true. And so, the psalmist right here plays the part of in Malcolm. The psalmist is going to plead with you, plead with me to not be deceived by what we see on the surface. He is going to point out the irony that this banner, it is reality. God's steadfast love really does endure forever. He does this by pointing to the past, the present, and the future. Past, the present, and the future first. The psalmist points us to past demonstrations of God's steadfast love. It's hard to believe that's the banner flying over your life. Let me point you to past demonstrations of God's steadfast love. Specifically, he gives us three past demonstrations. Number one, creation. Look at verses four to nine. To him who alone does great wonders for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by his understanding made the heavens for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day for his steadfast love endures forever. And the moon and stars to rule over the night for his steadfast love endures forever. The psalmist says, you want to see a demonstration of God's steadfast forever enduring love? Just, just open your eyes. Look at creation. There you will see his great wonders, or in other words, his power, 
There you will see evidence of his understanding, or in other words, his wisdom and the cohesion of creation and how it all fits together and works perfectly. And you will see all that power and all that wisdom lovingly worked for your good. I think that's the image, that's what the image in verse 6 is communicating. Look back at verse 6. It says, to him who spread out, Hebrew is literally beat out, to him who beat out the earth above the waters. The image here is one of a craftsman working a very thin, fragile sheet of, of metal. This is, this is an image of the love and the care of a craftsman working, working all of his, his wisdom, working all of his power for purposeful, beautiful, good design. God has done this with all of creation. From the spreading out of the dirt in verse 6 to the spreading out of the stars in verse 9. He has lovingly prepared this place for our good. Change, you, you, you want a demonstration that his steadfast love endures forever. Look at anything. From the ground on which you walk to the heavens into which you gaze. Look at anything in all of creation and you will see this banner. His steadfast love endures forever. Creation is a past demonstration of God's steadfast love. But not just creation. Number two, redemption. Redemption. Look at verses 10 to 16. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt for his steadfast love endures forever and brought Israel out from among them for his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his steadfast love endures forever. And he made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his steadfast love endures forever. But he overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalmist doesn't just point to a general demonstration of God's steadfast love in, in like all of creation. Now he gets specific right here. He gets to a specific demonstration of God's steadfast love in redemption. Look at verse 12 again. Psalmist says, with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. God is the actor in all of this. And this communicates his personal action and involvement of all his power, all his wisdom. In other words, all the power and all the wisdom that we saw God work in creation, he is now working that personally, lovingly, for the good of his people. Specifically right here, we're being told about him working it for the good of his people when he brought them out of slavery in Egypt. He judged their enemies, the Egyptians, and he saved his people. The psalmist looks at all of that and calls it love. Salvation. And judgment are two sides of the same coin. The coin of love. Like, every parent knows that's true. We, we rescue our kids by removing threats. You save the house from burning down by removing the fire. Rescue and removal, two sides of the one action we call redemption. Salvation and judgment, two sides of the one thing we call the love of God. I think 
that the psalmist shows us this most clearly through the image of the Red Sea. Look back at verses 13 to 15. God's people, you remember when they're brought out of slavery in Egypt, Pharaoh changes his mind, wants to take them back, and he traps them up against the Red Sea. They're pinned in, hemmed in. Red Sea on one side, Pharaoh and his approaching army on the other. There's no way out of this death. But God makes a literal path through what would have been a watery grave. He split the sea. And he leads his people through it to salvation. And it is that same path by which he swallows up their enemies in judgment. One action. And he lovingly redeems his people. You want to see the proof that he has lovingly redeemed his people? They're still here. His church. God's people are still here. The story of God's people, it could have ended on the shores of the Red Sea, but it continues this morning around the world and in the sanctuary of Shades Valley Community Church in Homewood, Alabama, and in the homes of everybody watching on the live stream. The story of God's people continues. You want a demonstration, Shades, that His steadfast love endures forever? Look to the person sitting on your right and left. Look at the people that he has redeemed and see this banner. It reads, his steadfast love endures forever. Redemption is a past demonstration of God's steadfast love. Not just redemption, but number three, kingdom. Creation, redemption, and now kingdom. Look at verses 17 to 22. To him who struck down great kings for his steadfast love endures forever. And killed mighty kings for his steadfast love endures forever. Sion, king of the Amorites, for his steadfast love endures forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his steadfast love endures forever. Those are the kings in the Transjordan area that they would have had to first conquer and make their way through in order to get to the land that God had promised them. Which is the very next thing that we read in verse 21. God gave them their land as a heritage for his steadfast love endures forever. A heritage for Israel, his servant, for his steadfast love endures forever forever. God brought the people out of Egypt, led them through the wilderness, as verse 16 says, providing for them every step of the way until he brings them to the land that he has promised them. And he provides every ounce of power needed to defeat every evil king and establish a kingdom for God's people. God did this. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that? Like throughout the entire psalm, God is the one acting. People's action mentioned nowhere. God is the one, even right here when we know, hey, it's obviously going to be Israel's army doing the fighting as they go in to conquer this land. But they were no match for the forces that they faced, great and mighty kings. But the point of the psalm is that they were empowered by a great and mighty God who kept his promise to his people. Why? For his steadfast love endures forever. Shades, do you see that banner? Do you see it in creation, in redemption, in kingdom? Do you see these past demonstrations of God's steadfast love? And perhaps at this point you're thinking, yes. But so what? It's great, Jonathan. God did all that in the past. What about the present? The psalmist is glad we asked. 
He's shown us past demonstrations of God's steadfast love. Now, secondly, the psalmist points us to present applications of God's steadfast love. The psalmist points us to present applications of God's steadfast love. Look at verses 23 to 25. It is he who has remembered us in our low estate for his steadfast love endures forever and rescued us from our foes for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh for his steadfast love endures forever. The psalmist turns from the past to the present. And he does that in order to point out that same God, like the one that I just showed you demonstrating steadfast love in creation, redemption, kingdom, in the past, that same God is still doing the same thing in the present. Let me, let me walk you back through it and show you how. That's what he does. In these three short verses, in quick succession, he walks us back through the very things he just showed us, only with present application. He walked us through creation, redemption, kingdom. Watch verse 23, 24, and 25. It's going to go kingdom, redemption, creation. He's going to walk straight back through it. Look at it. Look at it with me. Look at kingdom, verse 23. It is he who remembered us in our low estate. Remember, the psalm is likely being written to the returned exiles, those who had experienced the kingdom being crushed. But now God has brought them back. He's remembered them, acted on their behalf, brought them back. When the Bible talks about God remembering, it's not like, huh, I forgot. It's a good thing I remembered them right there. It means God acted on someone's behalf. He's recalling his promises to them and acting on their behalf. He brings them back to rebuild because his steadfast love endures forever. He's bringing them back to restore the kingdom. This is present application in kingdom not just that but see redemption verse 24 and he rescued us from our foes in other words the psalmist says just like we saw god rescue our ancestors from egypt he has saved us from our enemies and exile present application in redemption and then he concludes in verse 25 with present application in creation he who gives food to all flesh his steadfast love endures forever in other words psalmist says the steadfast love of God was not just demonstrated in the past when he brought creation into existence. No, there's an ongoing application in that he daily sustains all of creation. Including you, including me. He gives food to all flesh. He sustains what he made. Shades, do you see? The psalmist has had a purpose in getting us to see the steadfast love of God in concrete demonstrations in the past. It's so that we might know that same steadfast love of God is being applied to our lives in the present. Do you see how it's being applied to your life in the present? Chase, do you see the present application in creation? 
You see that God is still the one who gives food to all flesh. He's still the one that sustains all of creation, including you. You breathe right now. You think. You hear. You see. You smell. You do all of it because he sustains you. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him, that's by Jesus, all things were created. Verse 17 says, In him all things hold together. Just in case you're doubting what that means, Hebrews 1.3 puts it this way. It says that Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. He created everything. He sustains everything. Shades, do you want to see the banner, his steadfast love endures forever? Go on a walk. Look at anything. God is sustaining it right now. Because his steadfast love for his creation hasn't quit. It endures forever. Jesus tells us to do this in Matthew chapter 6. He says, go on a walk. He says, go look at the birds. Look at how God sustains them. Go look at the flowers. Look at how God clothes the grass of the field. If if God is sustaining things like birds and flowers, how much more will his steadfast love sustain you? Shades, do, do you see the present application in creation? Like, like, don't just hear this this morning. Do it. Walk out of here and look at stuff. Think about the awesome and incredible sustaining power of God that flows forth from his love. Feed my kids, clothe my kids, try to take care of my kids alongside of my wife. Why? Because I love them. Do you know how often they see that? It doesn't mean that it's not there. You are surrounded. By this banner, it flies over your life. From the ground on which you walk to the heavens into which you gaze flies the banner. His steadfast love endures forever. Even greater than that, do you see the present application of God's steadfast love in redemption in your life? He he has saved you. And in a greater way than we talked about with Israel in the Old Testament, he has saved you in a greater way than slavery from Egypt. We were all slaves to sin. We weren't hemmed in against the Red Sea. We were hemmed in against deserved death. But God split it just like he split the sea. Jesus Christ went to the cross paying the price for sin and making a path, not through a watery grave, but through the grave itself. And when we are united with him by faith, it's like he has led us down into that grave and out the other side to salvation. And guess what? The enemies of sin, death, and the devil, he took them down that same path into the grave, but he left them there and they were swallowed up just like the Egyptians in the Red Sea. Shades, this is present reality. You've been redeemed. The banner over your life reads, "A steadfast love endures forever. That's a kingdom reality. See see the present application of God's steadfast love in the kingdom. Remember remember how God promised Israel a kingdom? And he kept that promise? We know, if you can remember all the way back from the last time I got to be with you, we know that that kingdom was foreshadowing the coming kingdom of Christ. 
kingdom reality that we already foretaste because we are already citizens of it. And it is a kingdom that God has promised will come in full. If he kept his old covenant promise through conquest, better believe that he will keep his new covenant promise through consummation. His steadfast love endures forever. Shades, the psalmist has shown us past demonstrations of God's steadfast love so that we might be assured of its present application and so that we might look forward to its future consummation. That's how this psalm ends. It, it, it turns from past demonstration and present application to future orientation. This is the third and final thing we need to see. The psalmist points us toward our future orientation because of God's steadfast love. The psalmist points us toward what the orientation of our heart should be as we live our lives from this point on into the future. He points us toward our future orientation because of God's steadfast love. Look at verse 26. Give thanks to the God of heaven. It's the orientation of your heart. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Now and forever. Why? Because His steadfast love endures forever. The psalmist ends where he began. With a call to us to, to, to give thanks. Remember, to publicly testify to one another. Publicly testify to one another that the steadfast love of the Lord that we have seen in the past, that it is steadfast in the present, and it will be steadfast into the future forever. The psalmist has gotten us to look back at the faithfulness of God that we might be empowered right now to look forward in faith. Do you see how that works? I had, a, I had an emergency room nurse do this with me recently. Um, I, uh, I was out kayak fishing, and I made a cast with a, it's a whopper plopper. It's a topwater bait. It has two treble hooks on it. They're very sharp. But anyway, so I make this cast, and it, it lands in a tree on the bank, which is very odd for me. It uh, doesn't ever happen, but it happened this one time. And so it lands in this tree, and I'm like getting ready to leave, and I don't want to like paddle all the way up to the shore to get it out. So I just jerk it. And that thing flies through the air, and it lands on my exposed thigh. And for the first time in my life, I'm hooked where the hook goes into my leg beyond the barb. It is impossible to remove that yourself. I'm telling you. So I end up in the emergency room and there's this nurse that's trying to help me with it. I don't even want her to touch it. So what does she do? She gets me to look back at evidence of her faithfulness. She says, Jonathan, this happens all the time. I'm like, really? All the time? She's like, yeah. Yeah, all the, we almost do this daily. She's like, I've done this a million times. She gets me to look back her faithfulness, her ability to do this. And present application, I can do it this time. She says as she jabs a needle into my leg to numb it. Present application, she thumps it. See, you can't feel anything. Literally couldn't feel anything for the rest of the day. And so it gives my heart a future orientation of trust, a believer. She removes it. I have a picture if anybody wants to see. But 
That's beside the point. Do you see how this works? Look back at faithfulness in order to be empowered to look forward in faith. Shades, look back. Do this. Don't just hear this so often as Christians. We just hear things. Do this. This takes time. It takes effort. You have to sit and you have to think. Look back and see past demonstrations of God's steadfast, faithful, unwavering, enduring, never-ending, forever love. His hesed. Look back. See those demonstrations. Feel its present application so that your future orientation will be one of faith. Even when COVID rages. Even when the state of the world and the state of your life makes it hard to believe that it really is true, His steadfast love endures forever. Don't be deceived by what you see on the surface. This banner is reality. I know that because it was reality on the darkest day that the world has ever seen. It was reality at the cross. There, His steadfast love was enduring forever. Do you remember there was a banner that flew over the cross? More literally, a sign that was attached to it. Signs were often affixed to the tops of crosses, and they would list out the crimes of the person being crucified so you would know the crime for which the penalty was death. Do you remember Jesus' crime? Do you remember what the sign on his cross said? Everybody remembers. Everybody's being really, really shy. What does it say? King of the Jews. Some mocking sign it's a it was a banner that declared defeat but in colossians 2:14 write it down look at it later colossians 2:14 the apostle paul who wrote that letter he plays the part of in malcolm he points out the irony that that sign on the cross was no banner of defeat it was a banner of victory Paul says this, God canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Paul is using the image of a list of crimes that would be nailed to a cross as a way to say it was like every single one of our sins was listed on Jesus' sign, nailed to his cross, covered by the blood of our king. Paul looks at that sign and says, victory. It's, it's a banner. It is the banner that most explicitly reads, his steadfast love endures forever. Shades, if that was true there, it's true everywhere. This is the darkest day. That's the hardest place to ever see and believe that the steadfast love of God is enduring. If it's true there, it is true everywhere. Even when it's hard to see in shades, it has been hard for me to see this past week. Just being honest. State of the world. State of my world. It has been hard to see and believe the steadfast love of God endures forever. So as I, as I feel, I feel the, the, the tension, the, the division in, in our culture and in our, our churches and shades. I'm just being honest, I have been stressed. I've been, I've been a ball of stress. I've been anxious. I've been, I, I, have, I have wept 
I have prayed. And though it has felt impossible to believe that the steadfast love of God endures forever, that has felt impossible for me this past week. If you need a preacher who won't admit to such things, you're at the wrong church. That has felt impossible for me to believe this past week. Which is why I am so thankful that God has made me sit in Psalm 136 because this word has made me see. It's forced me to see his steadfast love does endure forever. Show show me that through past demonstration, present application, and it has turned my heart to a future orientation. The cross shades has me convinced that the banner of, of his love is what flies over my life and over our church forever even when I have unfaithful weeks like this past one. The cross is me convinced. What about you? When you look at the state of the world or the state of your life, do you struggle? Do you struggle to believe his steadfast love endures forever? Shades, shades, look back. Look back, look back and see that it does even when we are struggling to believe, even when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. Just look back and read any of the history in the Bible that we've covered in Psalm 136. How faithful are the people of God through all of these events that we've covered right here in Psalm 136? They're incredibly unfaithful, and yet, in Psalm 136, their unfaithfulness is completely absent. Because this psalm is beckoning you to believe. It is is striving for you to see the steadfast, unfaltering, unwavering, faithful, enduring, never-ending love of God, his hesed. Even when you're unfaithful, he remains faithful. Shades, look back and see the steadfast love of God endures forever so that you will be empowered to look forward in faith. And I challenge you, become an in Malcolm with me. What I mean by that is with our words, with our attitudes, with our hearts, with our affections, let us not join the course of complaining and doom and gloom with the world. Let us give thanks. Let us testify to one another and the world that no matter how things seem on the surface, the banner of Psalm 136 is reality. Let's be a people who testify to the reality that His steadfast love endures forever.